done uh, through him and it continues to do through him um, that we are wrapping up our series called Believe and we're looking in this last couple of 10 weeks or so, we've been looking at the different um, uh, characteristics or qualities that God wants to build in us and we're finishing up today with humility and uh, I thought Ricky is just the perfect example of that. So um, would you join me in welcoming Heart of a Hero, Ricky Mena, also known as Spider-Man. Welcome. You take the mask off, yeah. <laughs> Have a seat. So yeah, when we first talked about doing this, he asked me if I was going to put on spandex. And I said... And the Lord I, blessed us. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I said, I try to stay in shape, but I'm not in spandex shape. <laughs> um, so Ricky, tell a little bit, because I don't know very many people saw the video a little bit, but tell us a little bit more in detail what your ministry is and, and what you do and, and yeah. what it involves. So um, basically, uh, simply put, I travel all, excuse me, see that? I'm quick. Um, <laughs> I travel all over the world as Spider-Man and uh, I visit kids who are terminally ill, battling life-threatening illness, um, special needs, foster, homeless, even kids that are bullied. I take one-on-one -on -one time uh, for kids and stuff like that. And we go to hospitals, we go to, I've been to parks, I've been to homes, I've been to hospice care, wherever God calls, uh, I show up, no matter what the battleground is, I just, um, I've been showing up. So, and so basically we show up and we um, want to give kids inspiration, joy, and empowerment in moments where it's, it's beyond, like, um, you can't really fathom how hard it is for them or for the parents or the surrounding family. And so we just bring a piece of their childhood um, and peace back to them, and we bring toys and uh, besides the joy and all that, yeah. so yeah. and memories. Yeah. Now you dress up as Spider-Man. So explain a little bit about your camouflage. Why? Yeah, that's important because uh, <laughs> you know in today's today's society, you know what I mean. Like um, it's kind of like driving down the streets in San Francisco, right? It's like a person who's not really accustomed to that and didn't grow up around like, you know, San Francisco or like urban areas, we'll see walls like graffitied up and stuff and kind of go, well, this is a terrible neighborhood. I'm not going to spend any time here or any money here. I'm not going to invest here. And so I'm the walking, I guess you could say graffitied up uh, version of the walls here, right? <laughs> and so I got a lot of tattoos. He's got a few tattoos. Yeah. So you can only see these here and obviously, you know, but uh, I'm pretty heavily tattooed. And I think that, um, it was crazy, like, when this mission, like, kind of just fell into my lap. It wasn't something that I uh, thought I was going to be doing or planned out or anything. And so when I had the vision to be Spider-Man, it was perfect because in a world that likes to judge based on the cover, and look, we've all done it. We've all had our moments of weakness. We're all human. And so, um, but it, it gives no one a chance to, like, judge me based on my cover and, God meant for that to happen uh, and being Spider-Man because I've been all over the world and, yeah. and visited kids um, from every religious background, every cultural background, even kids who don't speak English at all and families mm. and as far as London. And, um, you know, they don't know I'm tattooed, and, but they welcome me in because mm. I'm Spider-Man yeah. and I leave my heart on the table and God's love on the table. And that's what it's about. Yeah. And, you know, I'm the Trojan horse, I guess you could say, of goodness. <laughs> so tell so. A little, people a little bit about how 
this whole thing came about, how this whole ministry got started for you. Yeah, so listen, I was at a hard point in my life. A music, uh, I, I can't say my music career didn't work out. It just, uh, I chose to go a different path. I got offered a substantial amount of money in L.A., and I was living in L.A., and didn't even know about kids in the world, you know, battling anything. And, and then when I saw the commercials, I kind of just, you know, uh, flipped through it and didn't have a second thought. So that's where I was, you know, and I was doing music. But, uh, you know, I realized as I grew up as a as a young man and like human being that my morals didn't align with what the industry wanted me to do. So I walked away from like over a million dollar uh, deal to just be who I wanted to be and be more who I God wanted me to be. And it was a scary time because like, you know, I spent my whole life trying to get there, and there I am. And it's like, am I being too picky? Mm. You know, I don't get it my way. Uh, you know, and so I felt like at that moment it would have been worse to like be a slave to something you thought was your dream, and then, it, like, you know what I mean? It would have turned the music into something I hated, mm. and that's that's not something I didn't want. So I walked away from that. I moved to Philly for a relationship I had at the time. And just trying to change my life. And I thought God wanted me to be this. You know, all my whole life I was like, you know, being a musician's hard. Like, you're always on the road. You don't have normal family, like, lifestyle. And it's like, so I, w I thought maybe God just wants me to be a normal, like, average person, you know, and, and uh, just do the family thing and s bunker down and, and do that. And so I tried that, and I learned real quick that that's not what God wanted because I couldn't get a job out there. And uh, the relationship didn't work, ended up driving back in the worst winter ever, mm. right, all the way across the country, and landed on my mom's, at my mom's house when I'm, like, almost 30 years old. I was 29, and um, it was crazy because I went to my friend's house, and uh, he, he said, here, you can have a couch. I slept on his couch. I started personal training people because I was into fitness a little bit, got certified, and I had a dream that my grandmother, who recently passed away, uh, came to me and showed me this huge screen, kind of like this one here. Um, she turned on this reel-to-reel -reel thing and uh, this movie of Spider-Man shot in the sky of visiting kids in the hospital by the thousands in this huge room. And, you know, I asked her what it had to do with me, and she said, in my dream, she said, that, that is you, and when you wake up, that's what you're, that's what you're supposed to do. Mm. And so I woke up. And the only thing I had to my name at that time, like financially um, worth any kind of like real world value, you know, was uh, was a Chrysler 300 that I paid off uh, for my music, you know, life. And then um, I sold it. I sold it because I had three hundred dollars in my bank account. That was the only thing I had. And these suits I found out cost a pretty penny. <laughs> and so I just threw it all out there and said, you know, this is more than a dream. I think I had this feeling and. Uh, I bought the, the first suit came in two months after I ordered it. Um, I bought a small Honda to get around, the first pile of toys and, and where I was at. And um, that was in 2014. And since then, I've seen over 11,000 kids around the world. Mm. Now, you weren't raised with a, a Christian background. You weren't raised with actually any exposure to God at all. So tell no. a little bit about your your spiritual journey and how you came to faith in Christ. Yeah, uh, you know, my my family, my dad was in the military. I was actually born on a military base in Fort Knox, Kentucky. Um, so I don't remember it. But uh, 
But yeah, so like my dad's really like disciplinary type of person and stuff. My mom's like super sensitive, so I got I got best of both worlds, you know. <laughs> and so my in my household, it's like my dad was raised in like you know the um, strict like Catholic background and stuff, and he had nuns who like slapped him with rulers and stuff like that when he was a kid, you know. And so he kind of went away from religion before I was even born, mm. um, you know, and. Um, not to say that, that that was what was right for him at the time, you know. And so in my household growing up, there was no, like, there's God, you know, there's there's Jesus, there's this. There really wasn't that at all in my household. And, like, the neighborhoods that I grew up in really wasn't that either. Like, I listened to music and rap music back then, and you hear rappers and stuff say, you know, praise, you know, praise God or God bless, you know, and stuff like this. But it was more like a, I say that because I'm cool or I wear a cross because it's like, a piece of jewelry, you know? Um, so I never really understood it. And, but at the same time, um, there was just this weird, like, just this feeling when I was a kid that before I go to bed, I feel like I should pray. Mm. And I didn't even know to put your hands together or anything like that. I, ju I just used to kneel at my bed and then just kind of look up and just kind of talk, you know? And my dad actually caught me a few times and I'm not trying to speak bad on my father. He's a tremendous person and has had his own spiritual awakening. But this was back then, you know, and he uh, he'd come in and be like, what are you doing? Who are you, who are you talking to? And I'd say, uh, talking to God. <laughs> and he's like, well, there is no God. So you're talking to no one. Hmm. And. Um, you know, that's supposed to crush you when you're like seven or uh, eight years old, but it didn't. I actually fired back at my dad and said, well, that's what you believe. Mm. I feel like there's someone there. Mm. And I just have this feeling. And so that's, for me, that's what it's always been like. And that's, I feel like that's important because, you know, we all go through moments in life where we're like, man, it kind of feels like Sometimes that no one is there, mm. you know, we're kind of go through hard times and we kind of like go into the self pity mode of like, oh, he doesn't care about us and all this. But it's important to know, like, you know, especially for me, I look back in hindsight, it's the yeah. perfect 2020 vision. Right. And yeah. it's like I look back and I'm like, boy, was he there? Yeah. You know, and it's just faith is so powerful. And then you, you mentioned in the video that we showed um, your friend Dusty, and that's really kind of when everything clicked for you. And yeah, and this was way later in my life, you know, yeah. like I've already been doing the Spider-Man thing for three and a half years at uh, almost four years at that time. And then, you know, as you guys heard in the video, like the mission got more serious and serious. And I've, uh, you know, started out visiting kids who stubbed their toe or like broke their arm and stuff like that or had a cold. Like, I mean, that's how innocent really like it started. And then as I visited more children and more children, I think just like the word of God, right, is like the most powerful word of mouth. And like we spoke this morning, like, you know, my belief and I, I don't believe God goes door to door. He goes heart to heart. Mm. And so like, that's basically what happened. It was like word of mouth. They were like, wow, this guy in the Spider-Man suit was so good with kids. Like not just like good with kids, but like, you got to understand, I met kids in the hospital who they said they literally neurologically cannot, will never speak, mm. will never walk. But after a couple visits with me, they walked, they, mm. they, they spoke mm. and, you yeah. know, and so, um, you got things like that. And so people started talking about that and yeah. it wasn't like something on social media. It was like parents were talking to other parents. Mm. And so we just, you know, things started getting real, 
busy, and uh, next thing you know, I'm holding kids as they pass away, you know, and uh, that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother level of what God believes that you can be, mm. and in the moment, I was strong when I'm holding these kids, you know, uh, one of them was my, grew to me, grew to be my best friend, uh, his name's Daryl, and um, I, this is the, this is only the second time I've ever talked about it publicly, so it's hard, but um, I do it for him, and actually this band here is for him. But he was supposed to go to the NFL and all this stuff, and he was 16 when I met him as Spider-Man. So in Oakland Kaiser, he was kind of like, I'm not into this, <laughs> you know. But uh, I, I, I offered my friendship, and, you know, God works in mysterious ways, and I offered my friendship as a, um, as a real person under the suit. And we lived two exits away from each other. I didn't mm. know that. Mm. And so there I was playing PlayStation and playing Madden, and we're, doing, we're just playing, and and so we just grew this bond, and then over two years, and then he actually wanted me to be the one that held him and coached mm. him into heaven and all that. Mm. And so that's when, when that happened, you know, like you guys saw in the video, I, I kind of like, I don't feel like I lost my faith, but I felt more human than I ever have in my whole life when anxiety hit me, and um, I eventually got diagnosed with PTSD, and um you know, it sucked because, like, you know, the same thing that I love doing is this thing that triggered me. Mm. And so I had to face the fact that I might not be able to do this anymore. And on the same token, the kids wouldn't have it anymore. Mm. And so it was like it got serious and I actually got suicidal, mm. you know, and I was in my house alone and um, screaming to God in the pillow and crying. And then Dustin shows up and to, to you know, Dustin, we've been friends for like over 10 years, but I didn't talk to him for like two years. Mm. You know, we have each other on Facebook, this and that. He's got he's got married. He's got his own life going on. You know, he's a carpenter um, you know, doing his thing. And so. Next thing you know, he, he just, like, starts hitting me up because he sees I'm going through something mm. and total, you know, like, just showed up, you know. I'm yeah. taking you to church. And it's funny <laughs> because, like, he was not, he was, like, in a snow hat, shorts, boots, <laughs> long socks. I'm like, which church are we going to? Like, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, what kind of church is this? And he brought me to you. <laughs> and so um, that was the first time that I was like, wow, like, you know, and, and still, I got to say, if anyone that's going through it out there with depression and all that mental illness, like, it's still hard every day. You know, there's still days where it's hard. There's days where I have a good day, and we I thank God so much for the good days. Yeah. And, oh, my God, my wife can tell when I'm having a good day. You know? <laughs> it's not the coffee. But uh, it's just, you know, it, it's, uh, you got to just keep plugging away and keep having faith. And that was, that was a turning point. And when God that day basically, basically, I knew that he was testing my faith because he didn't, not that he wanted to see how strong I was, but he wanted me to see how strong I was mm. and who I could like evolve into because I felt like, wow, how, how much stronger could I get? Yeah. And then when he did this, I was like, well, I know nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know nothing. That actually goes to my next question. Um, in First Peter 5, um, Peter writes about clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, shows favor to the humble. So humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up. It, it's almost like that breaking down point is what took you to this place of humility and trusting and not your own strength anymore. Right. I mean, over the course of my life. Yeah. Long story short, you know, I was telling you over the phone the other day, like, when we spoke, I used to wear chains 
that were 10 grand around my neck, you know, when I was in the music industry. And it's funny because I told you, it's kind of funny, like, I was the furthest from being like that man of God, like, mm. you know, in my everyday life. And it's not about being perfect. Don't get it, you know, confused. It's not about that. We're still human. But like, here I am wearing this giant cross, but my faith was this big, you mm. know. And so it's like, that's so funny. And now my cross that I wear is this big, but my faith is like, can't fit <laughs> in this room, you know. And so it's just crazy. And yeah. so like, to when I had that dream, you know, if God didn't take everything from me, financially. I mean, I'm sleeping on a couch at 30 years old. It's not where I thought I was going to be. I was with the biggest record label in the world. Hmm. And so to just be on a couch at a friend's house and like eating their food because they're offering it, I had no choice, $300 in the bank account. And just for the first time ever really learning about what like, you know, what like hard times was and, you know, for myself, and it's just like, wow, you know, it was just, it was an eye-opening experience, yeah. but it's a process, Yeah, you know? He goes on in that, in, in the next verse, he says, talks about casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. How have you found that, almost, I guess, on a daily basis, as you deal with the, those anxiety attacks and whatnot, how, how have you found a way to to take each day trusting in him and, and finding that strength well i'm a i'm sort of a crazy person at the same time so i think god likes that too because <laughs> even when i was going through like the hardest the hardest you know i'm telling you it was it got so hard like it was like i couldn't even go to the grocery store hmm. you know to get some milk and i used to amp myself up just to go to the grocery store and in that first month off i had to like somehow get ready to go back into the hospital again to try to see if I was going to do, do still do this. But God, um, is there for me in the way that, look, you gotta, you talked about letting go earlier today too, when we talked and, um, you just, I just had to learn to let go Mm. of being able to think that I can control my anxiety and my depression and when I'm sad and stop beating myself up so much like when I did feel terrible on those days and to just tell myself this is God working too, Mm -hmm. you know, because without these days, I'm not going to really appreciate the really good ones. And so when I let myself go and I showed up on days like today, listen, I'm nervous. (laughs) You know, me and my wife drove here. I was like, should I have coffee? I don't know. Should I not drink coffee every morning? Should I switch it up? I don't know. It's going to make me, (laughs) maybe I'm going to pass out. (laughs) You know, it's like you you get worried, but like, I just said, you know what? I'm going to have that coffee. Let's stop at peace. Let's do this. (laughs) And uh, God's got me, you know, like if I pass out on stage, look, at least I'm in the house of God and you guys won't look at me different. (laughs) So... It's like my whole thing is like, look, it was this is this is this is probably this is gonna be really powerful because it just hit me now. I'd rather pass out and die on stage doing what I love to do. And when I say stage, just doing what I do for the kids. I'd rather die mm. doing that, trying to do that, than being in fear of doing that at home. Mm. Mm. I think you made a really important point. Um I don't know if everybody caught it, but it, it, it is a daily thing. It's not, because sometimes I think as Christ followers, we, we, we feel like, you know, we can't show any weakness, that we can't, that we've got to be strong because we don't want people, you know, to, to make judgments about us in our faith and our level of faith. But really, right. faith is that day-to-day kind of trusting 
Yeah, and you know, that's another thing that played into it. Like, you know, I have a large social media following, and that's not something I asked for either, but it came. And, you know, God uh, wanted me to not be famous, but he wanted me to be known enough to have a platform to tell these children's stories. You know, uh, 4% funding for kids who battle cancer is just not enough. Mm. And there needed to be someone who could convey what needed to be done for these kids, and that person was me, right? And it's so like you said... As a pastor, you know, that's your experience. My experience is a public figure, you know, and um, when I was in that cloud and just at my worst, that's one of the things that weighed heavy on me was like, oh, my gosh, like, no one knows I'm going through this. I can't show this weakness because then they're going to think I'm weak and who are they going to have? But, you know, God, like I said, I'm a crazy person sometimes. When I announced that I had PTSD, you know, that I was got diagnosed with PTSD, I was in a hotel room about to do the last visit of before I took that month off. And I cried and cried and cried because I was finally admitting to myself that there was a mental issue that I have now because I've seen so much turmoil. I mean, 11,000 kids and it's and in all the travel, I wasn't eating, you know, your fitness, you're trying to stay looking like Spider-Man. It's a lot of (laughs) just pressure all over the place. You know what I mean? I'm 35 now. Like, this is harder. But, uh, you know, it's like um, it was just harder. So like, but here's the thing. I God, he he puts these like things in me and it's just like this impulse. And I was in the hotel room. I was like, got to go Facebook live. And here I am in front of like 100,000 people probably. You know, on Facebook Live, like, I'm just, I can't do it anymore. And, like, the response, you guys, was so incredible. Like, people were there for me. No one said, oh, my God, you're weak. No one said that. I got thousands and thousands and thousands of messages, no joke, from soldiers, from, you know, people who are experiencing what I'm experiencing. The support was so overwhelming that that actually became a stress to answer everyone back. (laughs) And so... Next thing you know, I'm, I had the strength to go to therapy. I had the strength to, you know, say it's okay to take these low-dose, you know, uh, medication to get myself right and to continue the mission of God. And it was a blessing. Yeah. And my vulnerability became my strength because now it's like people don't look at me as a superhero. They look at me as, a, as just a human being like them. And now they believe in themselves more mm. because here's a human stepping out into the world with all his fears. Mm. I'm not invisible. And one thing uh, that I look to, uh, you know, you Google a lot when you have anxiety. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, like, that's the worst thing you could do, right? (laughs) But the best thing that I found was, like, I used to be a musician and stuff, and I never had anxiety going on stage, nothing. And so this was really weird for me. And uh, so what I did was I, I found Adele. I found out that Adele, like, one of the biggest singers in the world, has the worst debilitating anxiety, stage fright anxiety right but she but she doesn't do small venues because she's that's her that's her worst that's she can't do them Mm -hmm. so she and she doesn't do a lot of shows yeah you know but her ticket prices go up because of that (laughs) and she still does them though yeah and so that and abraham lincoln same thing and so i found out a lot yeah and it's just like wow and looking at that looking at these people who were positioned in history They battled these mental illnesses, and mm. look at what they look what they did to change the world and the way we think. I could do it too. Yeah. And if I could pass that along, then that's cool. Yeah. Because I don't want to be buried with that kind of treasure. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, there's another scripture that I was as I was thinking about this uh, interview today, uh, where Paul writes to the Corinthian church about 
all these great experiences and what God's done through him and all this, but he talks about how to keep him from being conceited, that God gave him this, this thorn in his flesh. And we don't know what that is, but maybe it was anxiety and PTSD. From, he certainly went through a lot, but, uh, yeah, but, was. but, he, but he said it, it caused him to rely on God's grace. Um, that, that God said, my grace is sufficient for you, that it's going to be enough. Right. How have you found that true in your own life and in, in this ongoing ministry? I mean, it's so true because I think for me before I was obviously doing a lot of good in the world, just like I'm doing now with anxiety, as far as like people from the outside don't really see a difference as far as like, well, I guess they do because I, I have to push through something now. So mm -hmm. I guess it just means more to everybody that they know what I'm going through and I open that up. So it just, yeah. it just means more. So like, not only do I know the thorns there, but so does everyone else, mm. you know, and I'm not comparing myself to Jesus and any kind of, <laughs> you know, anything like that. But listen, it meant so much to us that like he carried that cross and it meant so much to us that actually when he was up on the cross that he even himself mm. was like, why God have you forsaken me? Mm. Mm. That's God's son. Yeah. If God's son couldn't question his own father in those hard times, then I don't feel that bad when I do. Mm. And to me, me questioning God in that pillow that day, you know, I don't think it was God going, oh, no. Like, he's questioning me. Like Larry said, God's big enough to handle that. Yeah. And so I think me questioning God was, I think he saw it as like, he actually cares enough to question. Mm. And so, and the thorn, it, like Superman has kryptonite. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's just <laughs> like we all have our kryptonite. We all have our thorn. Mm. But it's those of us out there, not just me, everyone's important. We all have our mission that God has given us in life to reach people. Um, it's when you feel that thorn, if you can push through that, mm. it's when it just means that much more. Yeah. And that's what he's so done for me. And yeah. now not only has he given me a platform to help children, but he bridged the gap because now I can help adults. Mm. There's like 30 million adults yeah. battling um, anxiety and depression. And he gave me that ability to do that. And I am thankful for it. I, I'm thankful for the PTSD yeah. that he gave me so I can help others. Yeah, that's good. Um, you said something to me when we were talking on the phone in preparation for this. Um, I, and I wrote it down because it just struck me. And I want to make sure I, I get it right. Because um, it really, I thought it was a powerful statement. You said, it's one thing to put, to put your faith in God, but it's something else when you discover that he puts his faith in you. And uh, I thought that's really powerful because sometimes um, weaknesses and struggles um, is really a way of God saying, I'm with you. You can handle this. I'm going to carry you through. And... Uh, that he has a faith in you as well. I thought that was a really powerful statement. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we get into, the, uh, there's a lot of, there's so many people out there, and some people go through more than others in yeah. life, and it's just, listen, it's the draw of the, of the cards you were dealt, but like, instead of, I learned through my experience, instead of say, why me, I said like, you know, thank you, because mm. like, we're molded by, like there's no growth yeah. without pain. Mm. There is none. Like, I go to the gym, we go to the gym. Listen, I'm so sore. I've been working out for so long. I know that I got it. And, and I, I'm, like, happy about the soreness because I know I did something. You know mm. what I mean? And so if what I'm doing doesn't hurt a little, especially working with kids, come yeah. on, like that are, um, 
you know, in, in hard times, like if it didn't hurt a little, then I'm in the wrong field. Yeah. You know, and um, to to be able to push past the pain and and to accept your growth, that is the difference between that and, and growth is it's self evolution, mm. evolution of self. And I think evolution of self is a choice. Mm. Um, all of us on this planet have a choice to go beyond the barriers that life has given us, regardless of what those are. Um, you can stay in the why me mode your whole life and live a cool life and, and live a mediocre life, but there's so much more on the other side if you choose mm. to evolve past the things that are holding you back and um, keeping you down. There's one other scripture that um, I was thinking of this week. Um, Philippians talks about doing nothing out of selfless ambition, but in humility, consider others above yourselves. Don't look up to only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Um, I know you've taken a little bit of flack from some people, like, oh, well, you're only in this for the fame, you're only in this for the prestige, um, and I know that's not your heart, but how do you deal with that kind of criticism? Because there's there, there's naysayers all around. Yeah, I mean, look, on Instagram and stuff, like, I was, I had a cool following before, but, like, once this thing took off, like, a few things went viral, a few pictures went viral and stories, and then people kind of, like, flooded my page, and next thing you know, like, I was on the news, and, like, all this stuff was happening, everyone wanted to know what it's like behind the suit and, and all that, and me, you know, I'm blindly going in this, like, cool, they want to know about the kids, you yeah. know, and I'm just going to do that, and so, um, it was all good at first, and then Instagram, like, verified me as a celebrity, mm. which I didn't know was coming, and then they did that, and kind of everyone was like, that was that hadn't been there from the beginning, was like, you know, he's just doing this for the fame, and you see all these comments, and it's like, I have so many comments coming in, but, the, you know, oddly enough, those are the ones you see. Mm -hmm. You know, most, they stick out, and, it, and my wife will tell you, you know, because um, she's with me on a personal level, <laughs> they hurt. Yeah. They hurt. And they hurt because they're so far from the truth. Mm. And it's like you don't have the right um, knowledge, you know, or education on the topic to really make that, as, that, um, that call because if they knew what I was going through, yeah. I mean, I don't want to – I don't – I love being here, but like this is the hardest part mm. is talking about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want it. It's actually easier for me just to keep this on now. Mm. Uh, it's easier for me to be Spider-Man than Ricky Mena, you know? Mm. And so that's what I tell people. Like, I mean, you know, people can think whatever they want to think. And I, that's another thing of letting go. Yeah. Like God, so many times there's been like where people, someone goes, oh, he's doing this for the fame. He's doing it for himself. You know, he just wants to be known as a do-gooder and all this mm. stuff. I'm like, Ooh, you see that picture of me holding that little girl there? I watched her pass away in my arms. Mm. Like, what person? <laughs> I mean, and I and I find myself on Instagram or Facebook like battling people sometimes, and my wife's like, delete, block. <laughs> let's watch, let's binge watch The Office. <laughs> Harry Potter. But, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, let's refocus, let's refocus. And it's like, you know, it's, it's God, it's people like um, my wife and, and Dusty, and mm -hmm. they just remind me what's important. You know, um, I'm best in the trenches mm -hmm. for God. I don't like doing the whole, like, political, I don't even like being on camera and stuff. Mm -hmm. But when I do it, because God calls me to do it, then I, then I do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But 
when people call me out and say stuff like that, I'm like, you know what? That's a reflection of their their own uh, insecurities mm-hmm. and their own view and perception on the world. Mm-hmm. And to, to be honest, if I give that person a little time, if I don't block them and just kind of like delete them, I'll notice like, and then I'll get a message like a month later and be like, you know what? I was totally wrong. Mm. That one story changed me. Mm. And you're such a good person. I, I hope I get to meet you one day. Uh. Shake your hand. And so I'm all about that. Yeah. You know, I, I can't turn a water into wine, but I could turn enemies into friends. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, you've talked about some of the most difficult times in being there and, and having children die in your arms. And, and not that you forced yourself into those. You were invited into those opportunities um, by parents. And, and there's very few times that you've unveiled the mask and been there um, and I know that's one of your more memorable um, stories. Why don't you tell that story of how that all came about? Um, yeah, there's two of uh, there's two of them because they happen so close to each other. But uh, the one that I'll probably the 16 year old I met Daryl when he was 16. I met him in Oakland Kaiser, and uh, you know his family's from like East Oakland and stuff. And uh, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm Caucasian, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Daryl was an African-American male from East Oakland, and, you know, his family kind of, like, had a preconceived, you know, um, like, what's this white dude doing in the room, you know what I mean? Because they knew who I was under the suit already, and they were, like, kind of, like, not feeling it. And um, so I was kind of, like, at first was, you know, kind of felt weird about that, but you know what? I don't look at it like that, and I was there for Daryl. So, like, but it's crazy because Daryl was kind of like, I could tell, he's, he's so close to his family, but he was like, nah, don't treat that this dude like that. You know what I mean? Like, and so we got to talking and he's got, he, you know, get past his little tough exterior because I'm standing there as Spider-Man. And so I said, look, you know, I handed him my card. I said, I normally don't do this and tell people who I really am underneath this, but I handed him my card. It says CEO of Heart of a Hero on there and it's my numbers on there. Well, he found me on Instagram and he wrote me a message and he said, hey, man, like, you know, if you ever want to come hang out with me, you can. Mm. And yeah. I was kind of like, he's hinting that he wants to hang out, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, so I went, that was the first time I went and hung out with them uh, as myself. And uh, as, as time went on, like, his family became my family. We broke mm. down barriers, you know what I mean? And um, so I was there with him for two years. And then on December 6th. That's a crazy date, but mm. December 6th, a couple years ago, a couple years ago now, it's crazy how time flies, but uh, he was told that he had two weeks left to live, and he was battling leukemia. He had went into remission and all this stuff and was super happy. He, get, he, he was supposed to go to the NFL. I mean, Derek Carr, Khalil Mack, like, was coming to visit him. Beast Mode, you know, mm. uh, Marshawn Lynch was coming to visit him. I mean, this kid was, like, super powerful in the community of Oakland. Because um, he was being looked at by the NFL out of McClyman's High School, mm. which is like, you know, spectacular, you know. Yeah. And so to have that stripped away from him was super hard for him. And uh, and then now you got cancer, like, trying to take your life. Mm. And so, and, and it does little things to you, like take your hair and take your ability to walk or even, like, go to the bathroom on your mm. own. And so I was there for all that. Yeah. I, uh... I helped Daryl change his diaper, and that was a funny moment between mm. him and I the first time. <laughs> his mom went to the store, and he's like, um, Rick, uh. <laughs> I was like, please, God, no. 
<laughs> he was 18 at this time. Uh. So I was like, please don't tell me, Daryl, please. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, let's not speak of this. <laughs> and it was funny because his mom came home. He was like, he did a better job than you did. <laughs> it was cool. And so like, but it was crazy to go through that whole dynamic and to become friends with someone like for real, for real. And mm. it wasn't about being Spider-Man. It was just about being a human being for someone. Mm. And then um, um, the two weeks actually turned into six months. And he didn't pass away until July 2nd. And I, actually, I was with him the last couple of days. I left my father's wedding. Mm to be there with Daryl, and my dad was like, go be with him. Yeah. You know, God's calling you to be with him, so go. It's the same guy that said there was no God back <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, so, like, I went and rushed to Daryl's side, and I remember being there with him the day before he passed away all day. Mm. And he was kind of just, like, up and kind of, he was alert, but he wasn't really talking much. And so I left. I went home at, like, 12 that night, and the next morning, I actually delayed going back. Mm. I usually would show up around 8 in the morning, but I didn't get there until like 11.30 or 12. And I ate my breakfast so slow because mm. I knew I had this feeling that I was going to have to watch my best friend die that day. And um, the son of a gun waited for me. Mm. And so <laughs> I get there, and his whole, family's, his whole family was doing a prayer around him, and they were around him for like an hour. And the next mm. thing you know, like they parted. He saw me and was like, that he couldn't talk, and I went to his side, and um, as soon as I went to his side, he he started to transition, and mm. he laid back, and he grabbed my hand, and and I and it was just crazy, like mm. you know, you I put my head my hand behind his head, and I was about this close to him, and you know um, he didn't want anyone else close, mm. no one, his family couldn't bear the burden of this, mm. and. Um, I didn't think I could either, but mm. I did, and I was strong in the moment. And uh, you know, he, we we locked eyes, and for the next ten minutes, as he passed away and took his last breaths, I looked him dead in his eyes and his pupils, and mm. I told him to go with God mm. and to that I'll miss him, mm. but it's okay, we'll be okay. Yeah. And uh, and he took his last breath, and he and he went with uh, he went with God. Yeah. And. Um, I even helped clean his clean his body and stuff mm. after that, and reclothe him and load help load him up. And, and when uh, the you know the corner person came and all that, and and because his family couldn't do yeah. it, and so um, that is uh, that sure. yeah that was tough. And that was two weeks after I watched Zamora Pat, the little girl mm. that was in that vi uh, in the up in the pictures right, too. Yeah. So that was two weeks after that, and wow. so. But Daryl um, was a special human being. Like, one of the last things he said to me, uh, you know, when I said, you know, what, what made you s survive another six months? Mm. And he said, the love for my mom. Mm. And uh, his mom was his best friend, you know, and he said, I'm just worried about her. And the moment she was like, look, I'm going to be okay, yeah. he let go. Mm. And uh, it was just incredible. And I, that used to be the moment that haunted me, but that now that's the moment that, like, um, that empowers me because, listen, for a human being to say, you're the one mm. that I want to see as the last thing in, in picture in this world yeah. is such an honor, mm. you know, that he, he confided that in me. And um, he had such strength going, you know, we, we're going into the unknown. You know, we have faith, but we're going into the unknown. And it's like he had such strength. Yeah. I just hope that I'm half the man that he was at that time when wow. my time comes. Yeah. So, wow.
Well, um, we are out of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's so much more, um, and Ricky will be available. Actually, um, if you're interested in following Ricky, Heart of the Hero um, is the name of his ministry. Um, they've got their own website, www.heartofahero.org, and you can also follow him on Facebook. And um, not only did um, Ricky get baptized earlier this year, um, but actually he got married, and his wife actually got baptized at Northgate a couple months ago. And she has joined him in this ministry, so we should actually introduce her. Yeah, that's uh, so she's Ghost Spider. Come on out. She's coming. There she comes. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Marvel is coming out with Ghost Spider stuff in an alternate dimension. She gets bit by the spider. Peter Parker doesn't. Uh-huh. So she's the hero. There you go. <laughs> so this is why Kendall. They'll both be available um, afterwards. I think, I think this, their story is so incredible because um, how God can take us in our weaknesses. And, and it's like we always say, there's no one so broken that God cannot restore. There's no one so lost that God cannot find him. And there's no one that is so dead that God cannot resurrect. And um, it's just their stories are, are, are incredible testimonies to that. So um, if you're here today, and you feel like you are broken beyond repair. You feel like you're lost beyond finding. You feel like you are dead beyond resurrection. God's power at work in you can do incredible miracles. If you would just let go. Put your faith and your trust in him. Would you stand with us? Again, I want to thank Ricky and Kendall. Uh, for being here. She'll maybe take her mask off for you later. I don't know. Um, they'll be available. Um, if, 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 if your kids are here and they want a picture with Spider-Man, okay, and Spider-Gwen, they'll be available out there. You can put the mask back on and take the pictures, but um, we're just so glad that you're here with us today, and we have prayer uh, partners. I'm going to ask them if they would come up front. If you're going through something right now where you could use God's prayer, God's strength, um, they're going to be up here at the front, and we invite you to come and, and make use of that. Um, if you are finding yourself in a place of need for prayer, you can also use that connection card. Um, and if it's your first time or your second or third time also, please take this card, fill it out, um, stop by the welcome desk, give us a chance to connect with you. Our prayer partners are up here at front. They'd be happy to pray with you. Um, I'd like to leave you with a blessing, if I would, uh, if you would just in that posture of receiving this. This is my prayer for you as you go this day. May the God who gives strength to the weak empower you for the calling he has on your life as you humbly submit to him in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks again for being here today. We'll see you next week.